0: An ...inspired look in her uplifted eyes. You shall not be quite desolate. Some day, perhaps, you will find a little white dove tapping ever so gently at your window. Don't drive it away, for it will be your poor Isolde trying to tell you that she is dead and that her last thought was of you. She had been almost overcome by her own pathos, and he himself had been deeply affected. But the dove will fly away again, he had said, and I shall be lonelier than ever. Who knows? Perhaps I shall be allowed to stay and comfort you. She had whispered. At least till the time comes when you learn to care for for somebody else, Parmenas. And then, then you will see a poor little white bird lying in a corner, quite, quite dead. You might write one of your little poems on that, mightn't you? But I mustn't be sentimental. After all. I mayn't die first. Mr. Tordovan may release me, and we may be happy together all our lives. Only somehow tonight, I can't help feeling as if something were going to happen. Promise that whatever happens, you will be constant, Parmanas. If he thought her fears fantastic, her project of returning to him in the form of a bird, slightly unpractical, he merely loved her the better for them. So, he'd sworn undying fidelity, and as she declined to go below, he had wrapped her up in rugs and shawls in a covered bench on deck and returned sadly to his lodgings. He lay still thinking of all this, trying to summon up her looks and the least things she had said and done until his eyes closed and he fell asleep once more. When he awoke again, he became aware that something was in his room. He could not see it, but he heard a curious fluttering noise which seemed to proceed from the floor. Raising himself on his elbow, he looked and was startled for a moment to see a large greyish bird perched on the edge of the bath and gazing at him with fearless brown eyes. It was a remarkably fine specimen of the common gull, Larus canus. He had slept according to his custom with the window open and the bird had evidently lost its bearings in the fog and flown in. He went towards it, but it did not budge. It allowed him to take it up and put it on the windowsill without attempting to fly away. One of its wings drooped slightly as if it had struck against something in the darkness and bruised itself. It was still there when he had finished dressing, and humanity forbade him to drive it away in its crippled condition. So he consulted his landlady, who undertook to borrow a wicker cage from a neighbour who had recently lost a pet jackdaw. The cage was brought and the gull was easily persuaded to enter it, upon which Filmer sat down to breakfast and soon forgot the incident. After a merely perfunctory meal, he wandered along the esplanade, feeling his melancholy by the sight of the shelter in which he had so often sat with Isolde. She had been reading a library novel that first morning, he remembered. It was Ardath by Miss Marie Corelli, of whose genius she was an ardent admirer. Now a fat woman sat there, knitting a woolen stocking. But as the morning passed, Filmer, even in his abstracted state, was conscious of an unusual stir and excitement in the passing crowd. Presently he caught scraps of talk that filled him with vague uneasiness, until he could not refrain from asking if anything had happened. Something had indeed happened. News had just come that the Shamwa had run upon the casket rocks in the fog and gone to the bottom. It was rumoured with all on board. What Filmer felt at this crushing blow need not be set down here. His reason tottered under it and might have left him altogether, had not more reassuring tidings arrived later in the day. The passengers were safe after all, at least all of the ship's boats but one had reached land, and as the sea was perfectly calm, No fears were entertained for the remaining boat, which was known to have been successfully launched and had probably steered for the French coast. To Filmer, the relief was considerable, even though he could not help remembering Isolde's presentiment the night before. But presentiments are not infallible, and the chances were immensely in favour of her having been in one of the boats that had turned up. However, the list of names was published, and Isolde Le was not among them and nothing more had been heard of the missing boat. Even then he clung to hope, for the general opinion was that it had been picked up by some outward-bound vessel, and yet there was one thing which whenever his eye fell upon it